Welcome to ContenderCast, a global leadership and consumer industries entrepreneurship podcast centered on shining a light on bright ideas. And now, here's your host, Justin Hahnemann. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for downloading. Thanks for subscribing and following. It's Justin Hahn on the Contender Cat, shining a light on bright ideas. Today, we're in the food space. You're going to meet the founder and CEO of Catalina Crunch, Krista Kalyaninzan, and you are going to love his story, his background, this cool brand and the cereal, cookies, and snack space. I, I can't even wait. Um, Krishna, it's so great to have you on the podcast. Thanks for having me. <laughs> so great to have you here. Um, and man, like I said, I, I love the name. Catalina Crunch just sounds cool. And so great job on branding the name because you just can't help but want to know more. Um, before we jump in, though, you've been doing this a couple of years now. Um, share with our audience about your background because it wasn't in like food and beverage, right? It wasn't in consumer products. So share a little bit about that and how you got to this space. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I mean, I you're right. I was uh, at uh, Hedge Fund. Uh, that was my first job out of college. Um, and, and in college, I had studied engineering and business. Um, so was not necessarily doing anything related to food or CPG. Um, but I actually am a, a type one diabetic. Um, and I have epilepsy as well. Um, so, you know, a lot of interest in, in how food impacts my body. So more interested in in nutrition, if you will. And that's what kind of ultimately led me to, to food and CPG. Well, I love that you're a systems engineer by background. I'm industrial engineering also major. So that means you're probably a process thinker. And yet you've got this creative side, which um, we'll have to unpack and explore as we go today. So Catalina Crunch, cereals, cookies, and snack mixes, um, delicious and low carb, high protein. Talk about the brand and where this idea came from to even launch a business in the in the food space. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, I grew up eating all sorts of really tasty, delicious uh, American junk food. <laughs> uh, you know, a lot of uh, cinnamon toast crunch, cocoa puffs, Oreos, and uh, bagel bites, and, and Coke, and Pepsi, and everything else. Um, and when I was diagnosed, I couldn't do that anymore. Um, sure. So I went to just eating nuts every day for a snack, and, and eating nothing but eggs for breakfast. Um, and, wow. You know, that's, that uh, seems limited. Yeah, it didn't... didn't <laughs> yes, indeed, indeed. Um, but you know, when you have type one diabetes, if you eat things that are high in sugar, or high in carbs, it sends your your blood sugar haywire, and it makes you feel um, really nauseous. Um, and it makes it hard to control. So um, protein, fiber, that's where it's at. Um, but yes, I got really sick of just eating eggs every day for breakfast. And I, uh, you know, wanted wanted to go back to what I was eating as a kid, but I didn't want all the sugar, all the empty carbs, things like that. Um, I got interested in low carb baking. It was really trendy on Instagram back in like 2017. Um, started making my own crackers, making my own cookies, making all this stuff on the weekend and then eating it during the week. Um, and eventually one thing led to another. I made cereal <laughs> as a as a test one day. <laughs> right. Uh, with some cocoa powder. <laughs> and uh uh, you know, next thing I know, I, I was making it, I was eating it. I was eating it with almond milk. Um, I had friends that loved it after they found out about it. Um, and they started Venmoing me for it. And one oh, thing led no to way. another and it turned into a business. That's so cool. I, I love that. It's And we've had many guests on, by the way, where the product started in their own kitchen and then expanded from there. It is so fun to hear that. Um, okay. And when I initially got your info, I was thinking, 
cereal. And then I learned cookies and snack mix. And we'll talk about the progression in a few minutes. But how did you go from, you know, a couple friends Venmoing you for product that you're making in your kitchen to something that's more repeatable, packaged, and I'd say, you know, available in the market? How did you kind of grow and decide, I need to start scaling this? Yeah, yeah. Good question. Um, well, for for months, I was just eating it myself and had a couple of friends that were that were eating it as well. And and when I looked at the market, you know, I first thought, OK, maybe there's seven, eight million type one diabetics in America. It's not really a big market. You know, who cares about just such a small group of people? Supermarkets aren't going to stock a product for this like small of a niche. Um, but then I realized, you know, there's all sorts of other people that are interested in eating less sugar, eating more protein, things like that, but still want stuff that tastes great. Right. Sure. Um, and that's when I realized that there was a big opportunity. Um, and that's when I decided, all right, it's time to go all in on this rather than just, just bake it out of my kitchen for myself. <laughs> that's um, totally. And, yeah. Yeah. So that was kind of the realization or one realization that led me to, to launching the business. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, when you do so, it's totally different. You know, you make stuff out of your your oven um, and you can you know, I could make like five pouches of cereal or five bags of cereal in 30 minutes or something like that. And then, you know, today we're making 50,000 a day or something like that. Can never do that in a in a kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> totally not repeatable and portable. <laughs> So how did you figure that out? I know you're a process thinker, right? Because look at your background, statistics and then process engineering. Like, so you're a structured person. Like, how did you go about figuring out who to go to to help you with that? And then how did you navigate, like, the fact that it probably didn't taste the same at first when you made it not in your kitchen? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, Well, uh, good question. Um, You know, we actually have a plant um, where we where we make our products. Um, And so our first plant was in in Indianapolis on the east side about 3000 square feet, um, very small, um, but, you know, bigger than my kitchen. <laughs> um, and we got some equipment in there and uh, we were we were um, packaging our, our cereal there. Um, we had a partner in the in the cereal industry that that was co-manufacturing the, the base, the cereal base for us, um, according to our to our formula. Um, so that's kind of how we we put it together at first. Um, and uh, yeah, how did I learn more about how to do it? It was a couple of things. One, I actually went to a, a conference um, that was dedicated to how to make cereal <laughs> um, and learned a lot there. Wow. Got it. Yes. Yes. Yep. Um, and then two, you know, you you talk with other folks in the industry, you talk with manufacturers, you talk with food scientists at other companies. Um, and actually, when I was you know, really early on, folks at the big cereal companies were, were all happy to to fill me in on how things were done and how they do it and why. I don't think anyone ever thought that much would come of it. <laughs> right. And, and here you are. <laughs> well, yes. And that's a great segue. I mean, any go into any grocery store for us in Atlanta, it's Publix and Kroger and and others. Um, and you go to the the cereal aisle and it's like I mean, like a lot of cereal boxes, um, it can be confusing. Um, where does yours fit into that? Like in terms of thinking about the cereal buyer and then what's your kind of your niche and within that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so in the cereal aisle, um, you know, you typically have a section for kids cereals, um, like your sugary frosted flakes, cocoa puffs, et cetera. Um, you have a section for kind of adult conventional cereals, we call them. Um, and then you have a section for more of the newer, more natural, um, cereal brands. Um, so 
when I started, you know, that space was mostly dominated by Kashi, um, sure, which is a, absolutely. a general mills brand. Um, and, uh, and so that in that area, um, is where, is where our products are typically merchandised. Got it. So I, I fast forwarded a bit to retail, but, um, so back when you were initially growing, you know, friends and family love it. Uh, obviously they're, they're giving you positive feedback. It was only cereal, right. That you were in, in that, that time, was it initial play to go direct to consumer or sell on e-commerce first before stores? Or how did you navigate early days? Yeah, um, the initial plan was just to sell direct to consumer. Um, so I had this this delusion that that we didn't need grocery stores <laughs> and uh, that we could just sell everything online and deliver everything to people's houses and life would be great. Um, and so we sold everything online, um, and uh, you know that actually worked really well, and we grew pretty substantially that way. Um, but ultimately the majority of Americans do want to eat uh, or do want to do their shopping and purchasing in grocery stores. Um, sure. So there came a point in time in which we were we realized, okay, we're reaching so many people online. Um, but, you know, to make the economics work, we have to sell four packs of cereal rather than than single packs. And so there's only so many people that are going to invest in, right. in that. Without in that much cereal. <laughs> right. Um, yes. Some great yep. flavors. Start- Dark chocolate, cinnamon toast, honey graham, chocolate peanut butter, and others. How did you, where where was did you did you start with like one flavor or multiple flavors? How did you think about that early days? Yeah, yeah, good question. Um, I started out with one flavor actually. Um, one thing I didn't realize was how much people care about the flavor and flavors and having variety. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you say uh, that? Did you learn something in that that process? <laughs> well, I mean, I think you know, for me, I used to eat a lot of, of cocoa puffs and a lot of cinnamon toast crunch growing up. And I guess I didn't really, I didn't think too much about any of the other cereals. Um, and, and that was it. Um, but then, you know, you start eating and, and you realize, okay, and I, you know, you can't eat, most people don't eat the same flavor every single day of the same cereal. They like to mix it up. Um, so that's when we launched, uh, you know, we first launched dark chocolate, then cinnamon toast, People wanted more and more and more, so we want we launched maple waffle, chocolate peanut butter, honey graham, fruity, amazing um, flavors. I mean, amazing <laughs> yes. flavors. Seriously. Well, thank you. Yep. Yeah. I mean, uh, people want stuff that's folks want stuff that's delicious. Obviously, so um, <laughs> totally. it's important to pick the right flavors. <laughs> um, okay. And as you grew, I mean, did, did you have enough scale to to deliver on? I, I'd say the 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 availability in retail stores or how did you navigate through that? Like, you know, again, going from selling to friends and family and a couple people to, you know, fulfilling a grocery order. Um, what did that look like? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, since we had that D to C component first, um, D to C was actually, you know, really big for us. And so we were already fulfilling, you know, hundreds of orders every day. Um, and so when got we got it. our original grocery sense. business, it actually wasn't as big as, as our D to C business was. Wow. That's amazing that you were getting that much in direct to consumer. Um, did you, and did you see a lot of reorders? Were you getting a lot of net new customers or was it existing by and over and over and over? What did that look like? Uh, yeah, both, both. I mean, you have to invest in both. So, um, you obviously invest in your marketing dollars to bring, you know, new consumers to the brand, but then you're using things like email to, to re-engage folks that have purchased from you before and get them to buy again. Oh, awesome. Um, I mentioned you're also in cookies and crunch mix. I'm guessing you didn't start there. Uh, how did you think about adding those categories over time and what did that look like? 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, so sandwich cookies was the second category we got into. Um, you know, I used to eat a lot of Oreos growing up. Um, they're my favorite type of cookie. <laughs> they're delicious. They do have a lot of, yes, yes. Uh, but they do have a lot of sugar in them. Um, and I, I, uh, was trying to make something, you know, as I started to think about what else I might want to eat, or I used to eat that I wish I could eat. Um, you know, they were on the top of the list. Um, so that's why, that's why we made our own sandwich cookies. Um, it was hard to figure out how to make that happen. Um, cause sandwich cookies are not easy to make. Um, <laughs> right. That's and, very uh, different than cereal, right? I mean, in terms of production. It is. Yes, yes. Yeah. I mean, every every category is a new way of of making things. Um, so, yeah, we went to, to sandwich cookies next. And then after that, we went to, to crunch mix. Um, so our crunch mix is actually a little bit um, um, simpler from our perspective in that we're taking the cereal that we already have. Um, you know, we we actually custom make chickpea pretzels. Um, oh, I was going to say it looks like it has pretzels like, in it. Yeah, I noticed the yes, pretzels. Yes, yes. Yes. Yep. Yeah. So we make some chickpea pretzels um, and then those are a bit higher in protein. Um, and then we add in um, some nuts, some cheese crisps and, you know, mix that all together in, in seasonings like uh, um, traditional spicy kick, um, creamy ranch, uh, cheddar, things like that. Amazing. Um, and, and I was doing uh, my when I was researching you guys, your company and whatnot, man, I, I was also looking at your sales on Amazon and the reviews, I mean, wow. I mean, not only almost five star on a lot of your products, but the number of reviews is incredible. Like, uh, and not just in, on the sandwich cookies and cereal. Like, it's it's interesting. Like, you really have done a great job of, of blowing out the e-commerce channel in addition to getting in stores. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, our, our goal really is just to be wherever consumers are. Um, and there are certainly a lot of folks that are shopping on Amazon. <laughs> so <laughs> it's important that we're there and we do a good job. That's how we look at it. Um, I always love to ask them things that haven't worked. And, uh, you know, you've got a number and you've got a couple lines here, categories, um, and now different flavors in those categories. Anything not work, you launched and it was like, phew, nobody liked it. It was awful. Um, or, you know, it, or just mistakes you made along the way that you'd want to share. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've had our fair share of, of products we've launched that I don't think that we've discontinued. Um, so, you know, I wouldn't say it's a mistake to discontinue a product. I think it's actually a good discipline to discontinue things that aren't selling well, rather than just keeping them around um, as hard as, as it is. But yeah, we launched a, a Cheese Bites product, um, which was kind of almost the the original incarnation of, of Crunch Mix, if you will. Oh, and it was just Okay. Yes, it was, it was just... Uh, dried cheddar cheese um, in like square in like dices. Um, and <laughs> like it was just I, cheese, no cracker, like dried cheese. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yep. I'm trying to imagine. Um, it. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, and I mean, it, you know, the stuff tastes great. I mean, it's, it's, it, you know, because if you think of like a cheese it, for example, a cheese it is not nearly as cheesy as, as real dried cheddar cheese. Um, sure. Because a cheese it has flour and everything else. Um, so these things tasted really good, um, but it was kind of monotonous. You're just eating cheese and that's it out of a pouch. Um, and uh, the texture was a little a little weird. We didn't get the texture quite right. Um, some people liked it, but it was a little bit hard. It was a little bit squeaky. Um, and ultimately, we just the pricing was high. Um, you know, I don't think that we did a good a job as we could have of making it taste great. Um, and so we ultimately discontinued that product. Got it. Well, 
lesson learned, right? Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, but it, it led to Crunch Mix later, which is a phenomenal product, which people are really, really loving. Um, so I think it it showed that that we could, you know, sell snacks, and we just had to figure out how to make something that tasted really great. I love that. Like, and for those listening, did you hear that? We had to figure out how to navigate around. You know, we tried a product, didn't work, but it gave us the idea to really in the energy to get to the product that is working, which is amazing. Um, I, I as I was leading into some of your biggest lessons learned um, as an entrepreneur, and and you just shared one around. Um, you know, I'd say when something didn't work, and it, what would be one or two other things that you would share with other entrepreneurs that are listening that could learn from you? Uh, yeah, good question. <laughs> um, I think. Uh, um, you know, probably uh, biggest one is is uh, um, you know if you're in the early stages, you really need to do something. In my opinion, that you really believe in, um, because it's it's difficult and and you know you want to give up so many times. Um, you know, I had several instances where I wanted to give up. Um, you know, where we had a co-manufacturer that didn't want to work with us anymore, and we had no way to make product, and we were out of stock. And um, you know, there are many times along the way where we got really close to bankruptcy. Um, and so I think, you know, when you're in those situations, working on something that you personally care about and really believe in makes it so much sure. easier to, to survive and, and get through it. Um, so for me, you know, my type one diabetes and, and knowing others with type one diabetes, I always felt, you know, in the bottom of my heart that, that this really needed to exist and it really needed to happen. Um, sure. so that made it, that made it easy to, to keep, to keep on going. <laughs> um, no, and no and, doubt, you know, that's. Yes, absolutely. And I think in, in any entrepreneurship journey, you know, you got to take things one day at a time. Um, you got to remember this too shall pass. That was my my MO for a long, long time uh, was simply, you know, survive till tomorrow um, and uh, keep on going, you know, keep on going, keep on pushing. Uh, uh, it's it's very difficult. But if you just take things one day at a time and you remember that this too shall pass, um, you know, I think you can you can get through it. Um, and it's not always it's not always going to be on you forever. I mean, when you're growing a when you have a big company, we have you know almost 100 employees now. Um, so wow, there's, amazing! There's a, lot, a lot of a lot of pieces amazing. to the puzzle now. Wow. Um, as you think about growth in the next, I'd say six to 12 months, what are we keys for you? Is it new presence and new outlets? Is it um, line extensions from from product perspective? How are you thinking about that? Yeah, yeah, good question. Um, you know, I'd say number one is is we have a almost a hundred percent distribution of our cereal. You know, it's almost in every chain in America, um, which means there's a ton of chains that have just our cereal um, and not our snacks, um, not Got our it. snack mix, our cookies. Um, so getting getting uh, distribution wins on, on those products is, is probably our number one lever right now. But that's a different buyer in the in the each grocery right in the grocery environment. For those that are listening that maybe not, not realize this, the cereal buyer is not the same as the snack food buyer, not the same as the cookie and cake buyer, right? So I mean, it's just a, a different part of that retail, I'd say, operation that you have to break into. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. It is by no means a, a shoe in to get into a second category. <laughs> <laughs> but it does help if you've got some good traction elsewhere in the store, and you're already set up as a vendor and everything else. Correct. Yep. Absolutely. Um, and this is so cool. Love your brand and uh, where you are. And I mean, amazing growth. Uh, I think uh, it's going to be fun to watch you guys because you're already in a great place and you've got a lot of room even to grow. And then I think you'd be on the radar screen for some of the big brands, quite frankly. Um, share with our audience where they can find you, connect with you, buy product, et cetera. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, you can you can get all of our products at CatalinaCrunch.com. Um, we have eight flavors of cereal. 
four flavors of sandwich cookies and four flavors of crunch mix. So that's probably the best place to go. Um, but if you want to go to your local grocery store and go to the, the cereal aisle or the cookie aisle or the snacks aisle, you will you may find us there as well. So cool. Um, so exciting to meet you and, and get to hear a bit of your story. You got to come back on down the road. I, Like I said, I, I'm 100% sure there's a lot of great um, great activity and great wins in front of you. And I can't wait to follow and be a part of that with you. And um, just really appreciate you making time to be here today. Awesome. Yeah, thank you. Thanks again for having me on and uh, good luck to everyone out there. The Contender Cast is powered by Contender Brands and is the top global consumer industries entrepreneurship podcast. You can find additional ContenderCast episodes on worldwide podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, iHeartMedia, YouTube, and other preferred podcast platforms. If you would like to be a guest on the ContenderCast, connect with us at ContenderCast.com. This is Brian Benson reminding you that Every winner started as a contender.